I'm Larry Craig. I serve in the full-time ministry as one of the elders for the New York City Church of Christ. And I'm speaking to you uh, via my phone from our living room in Booton, New Jersey, which is about 30 miles directly west of the George Washington Bridge. We miss being together. And if you're visiting with us today, we are normally a church made up of 10 geographic regions throughout our metropolitan area. But now we are all worshiping together in this way. I do want to thank our media team for producing our online services, which is sometimes a daunting task week after week. Today we are talking about God, our good father. Obviously the topic comes because today is Father's Day. I do love being a father. I love being a grandfather. I've heard the statement that if I'd known grandchildren were so much fun, I would have had them first. Now, to my children who may be listening, I really don't believe that. But I do love being a grandfather. Here's how it all started. Here's Mary Lou and me, August 16, 1969. Wow, we look very young, don't we? We were very young. Then a few years passed, we had a family. Brian, Angie, Holly. We were living in Florida when they all three were born, and then we spent most of their growing up years in Colorado. Here's what we looked like the last Sunday in December of 2019. Our three children, their spouses, the nine grandchildren they've given us. The oldest is 21, part of the campus ministry in Long Beach, California. The youngest is just finishing second grade. It's amazing how some of the children have grown considerably taller in the six months since this picture was made. The adults look pretty much the same, except for me. I've not had a haircut in four months now. And I've discovered that there's more hair uh, there than I remembered when I started wearing it very short. Now, one of my grandchildren uh, many years ago looked at the top of my head and said, Granddaddy, your hair has holes in it. Well, it still does. They're still there, but around the sides is different. Another teenage grandchild said to me a few days ago in a socially distanced conversation, your hair looks like a teenager when you wear your hat. God is our father and God is good. We look first about God being our father in Matthew 6. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives what we've come to call the Lord's Prayer. I'm not sure he intended it to be something we say word for word, although that's a good thing to do sometimes. I believe he gave it as a model of here's how you approach God. Here are the things you take to God. Jesus starts verse 9 of chapter 6. This then is how you should pray. 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus said we can approach God saying, Our Father. In the Old Testament, God is referred to as the father of his children several times. But nobody addressed God as father. Not Abraham, not Moses, not David, not the prophets. Jesus came to emphasize a more intimate relationship with God and a deeper understanding of who God wants to be for us. Our Father. When I was a teenager, I was sometimes envious of my friends who had good moms. Really, I was envious of my friends Who had moms. My mom had died of cancer. Early in the school year. When I was 11. And in the 6th grade. She she was only 35. I was also envious. Of my friends who had good dads. Dads who were engaged. Involved. Emotionally connected. My brother. Sister and I. In reality. We're left to raise ourselves. There were a couple of convictions that were produced at that time, though. One was that when I had children, I wanted to be an engaged, emotionally connected dad. I look back, that happened sometimes more than others, but that was my goal. And secondly... I developed a conviction that God is my true father. And I really developed that conviction long before I really understood what it meant to be a true disciple or a follower of Jesus. And it is a consistent New Testament teaching. God is our father. But secondly, God is a good father. That's not always true about earthly fathers. Father's Day is perhaps more emotionally charged, mixed than Mother's Day. And as a celebration, it is somewhat an afterthought uh, to when Mother's Day began to be honored. God is good. He says, give us today what we need Forgive us, lead us not into temptation. And when you look over a little later in this sermon in Matthew 7, we know that Jesus says, verse 9, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts 
to those who ask him. Jesus said, you know how to take care of your children. Can you imagine your child coming in and wanting something to eat? And no matter how tired, frustrated, out of sorts you are, saying, can you just find some gravel in the driveway and make yourself some soup out of it? No. Let me show you a little mini plaque that one of my granddaughters uh, presented to me a little while back. This is on the shelf in my little study in our basement. Grandkids spoiled here. We had a conversation and I said, you know, I really don't want to spoil you. I just want you to be able to do whatever you want. And I smiled and she smiled and said, I think that's the definition of being spoiled. She knows we do have some boundaries. But we know what we want for our children. Now, the concept of God as an intimate father Romans chapter 8, our Abba Father, the Aramaic term, our Daddy God. The concept of God being our Father may be new in the New Testament, but not the concept that God is good. Throughout the Bible, I love the Psalm, Psalm 34, 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Psalm 105, for the Lord is good and His love endures forever. Psalm 106, verse 1, praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Do I really believe God is good? There are questions. If God is good, why is there such suffering in the world? Why does a good God allow bad things to happen to people? Why are there diseases in the world that can't be cured Why do young, righteous people die of cancer? Why does it seem that God may not hear all our prayers? Why is there so much poverty? Why is there injustice in the world? Why do people hate and mistreat each other? Why do we see the things on the news we see? Why do so many of you face daily prejudice, bigotry, injustice that I don't experience simply because of the color of your skin and my skin? Uh, There are some answers. God made us free to choose and we choose wrong. Our choices hurt others and ourselves, but it's still challenging sometimes. This is a deeply disturbing time for our country, for our church. I feel deep hurt. I feel hurt as I hear stories from so many of you. The things you face every day and have faced every day of your lives. Someone put it so profoundly that as an African-American person, there's always a cloud over our heads. I appreciate the refrain that I've heard. I don't expect you to feel what I feel. Your experiences are different. I just want to know you care. 
And I feel deep hurt that I haven't been more aware of this. Even in more than 40 years in our fellowship. I feel hurt I haven't asked more questions. About your hurts and your feelings. You know, even when the world studies human relationships, we're taught we need to validate the feelings of others. Isn't that what it means when Paul said in Galatians, bear one another's burdens, which was written to the Galatians churches torn apart by racial division? He said, hold up one another. And there are so many burdens. I feel a deep hurt. I haven't asked more questions of many. So many are single moms, for example. I've gotten emails from precious single moms saying we have a hard time too, raising our children and trying to help them learn to love God. And I think it's ironic that I was raised half my years in a single parent home. I feel deep hurt that while God is calling us to a deeper level of love and unity, Satan is trying to destroy God's plan for his people to be one on this earth, the church of Jesus Christ. I fear the future sometimes. I fear what Satan is trying to do. I fear that people who've gone to church together as friends For years, we'll begin to look at each other with mistrust and suspicion. I fear the division that Satan wants to sow, even among us. Do you know who's also celebrating Father's Day? Do you know who, in fact, celebrates it every day? Satan. Jesus called out the religious people of his day. Because of the lack of love for God and love for people. He said in John 8, 44, you belong to your father, the devil. He is a liar, the father of lies. I have to ask myself, am I thinking like a child of God or a child of the devil? Believing his lies. We cannot let Satan win. A couple of days ago, I was talking to Mary Lou about a lot of things I was feeling about all that's going on around us. And she said something to me very significant. It was not an accusation. It was an observation. She said, you seem cynical. That's not how you usually are. You usually are very positive. You usually are a glass half full person. And she was right. And let me say aside to the brothers who are married, we need to listen to our wives. They know us better than we know ourselves sometimes. And it was ironic because I was working on this sermon and this message that God is good. Now, and while I would never let myself say the words, I don't think God is good. My perspective, my fears can be saying, is God really good? 
as we see the times we live in, the despair, the anguish, uh, the hopelessness. And again, I fear, can we weather this crisis in our country? More importantly to me, can we weather this crisis in our church? No, God is good. Please say it with me from wherever you're sitting watching this. God is good. Say it again. God is good. And I want to say it and read it until I believe it in the depths of my soul. And when my thoughts waver, I take them captive. Really by the cross, because as we think about the goodness of God, as we prepare to take communion, what demonstrates the love, the goodness of God more than what he did for us in giving his son? In First John chapter 3, verse 1. John wrote, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God is our Father. But at what price? Over in chapter 4, John wrote, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love, God's goodness offers forgiveness. When you look at that scene in Acts 2, when Peter says to the crowd, you killed God's son. And the Bible records that were cut to the heart. What do we do? And Peter said, repent. Be baptized. So that your sins will be forgiven. Peter saying, we killed God's son, but he will forgive us. Because God is our good father. Before we take communion, I want, I want to tell you a story, a true story. Told to me more than probably 50 years ago by a dear sister in the church in Homestead, Florida. Her name was Kathy Boyette. When this story happened, she and her family lived in a mobile home park in Perrine, Florida, right on very busy US-1 highway. One day, a neighbor boy was playing, kicking a ball around. It ran into the highway. He ran after it, was struck by a car, and killed. People began gathering. Somebody went to his house to get his parents. And as his parents came on this scene, even before the police got there, there's a silent crowd gathered around this lifeless child's body. And the father, in tears and in anguish, looks around and says, who killed my son? 
the driver of the car had stopped. But he was standing there in silence. And the father said again, who killed my son? I want to console him. And the driver stepped forth. And he and the father embraced. That's our good father. We killed his son and he wants to console us. He gave his son because he's our good father. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We know we'll never comprehend your goodness. Thank you that we can call you father. Thank you that through Jesus, the Bible says we're adopted as your sons. Thank you as we take this bread and this cup. We remember what he did, what you did. Help us to imitate his heart. Help us to imitate your heart. Thank you for being our good father. Thank you for giving us your son. Thank you for the bread and the cup that reminds us of what you've done for us and the forgiveness that we have because of it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.